I like to call it focusing on the results. I'm a person who's all about, give me the results, how you get there. I hired you because you're smarter than me already. So I know you're going to get there in a very effective matter, but I really just want to focus on the results. Cap, why is it so difficult for everybody to focus on everything else but the results? Sometimes you feel, you know, we live in a dopamine society. We're mm -hmm. constantly getting boosted <laughs> yes. by dopamine, you know, on our social networks and in our entertainment, even in our interactions with people now, it all has to be, can I get that dopamine hit, right? Because you're kind of on this treadmill, you feel like you're accomplishing something when you're doing tasks for your business, when you're getting things done, when little results are coming in, these results that seem to matter. But strategically, a lot of times these results don't matter. It's like, I tell entrepreneurs, if you are going the wrong direction with your business, it doesn't matter how fast you run in that direction. It doesn't matter how long you run in that direction. It doesn't matter how hard you work in that direction. You're still going the wrong way and you're never going to get to your ultimate goal. And that is the thing people need to change. And it's funny because it rarely doesn't it because then we hear the stories as we age through life and that we hear the old cliches when somebody's on their final deathbed and they say that sales presentation really wasn't worth the fact that I don't have my family anymore or I'm sick or I miss those moments of not taking care of myself right. or spending my family. And I always say that, you know, what's actually more important is you're going for a walk right now. Because if you can go for a walk right now, you can go for a walk in 30 years from now so you can keep your business running that long, much longer. And yet it's so hard to go for a walk, you know? It's so hard yes. to get up and go for it's a It's hard walk. for people to take a few days off, you know, when they're an entrepreneur and just spend time with their family uninterrupted by anything else. These things seem impossible, but they are entirely possible. It's all up to you. It's all up to your priorities. And I will tell you, it will actually make your business better by doing these things. You know, there are times when you're a business athlete and you need to focus, you need to like get down to the line yeah. and you need to put in like 20 hour days if necessary yes. to get whatever done. But then you also need to schedule in times of equal amount where you actually divert your attention away from your business because only by doing that can you get perspective on your business. You cannot get perspective on your business when you are just handling one crisis or one urgent thing after another. You have to lift your head up and actually look forward into the future, far future, and make sure that all those things you're doing that seem so urgent and require so much attention are really getting you where you need to go. I love the metaphors of business and athletics and you weave them together because, you know, in my experience, successful athletes do the same things that successful entrepreneurs or C-level executives do, yet we seem to often miss the gap. So when we, you know, brought this show to life and brought these conversations to life, it's been really exciting talking to people like yourself and Brian Clayton and so forth that are taking care of themselves first, taking care of their businesses along the way, and then building these spectacular businesses with them. Now, walk us, you have a wonderful backdrop behind you there. Walk us through Founder Space. Walk us through Founder Space sure. and its mission. So I did three venture-funded startups in Silicon Valley. So I know startups. I also did two bootstrap startups that, you know, I funded myself. And I learned through the process, you know, everything it takes, the, the ups and the downs, the roller coaster ride, you know, the mistakes you make as an entrepreneur, all these things, I figured out the hard way, actually doing it. After that, about 10 years ago, I launched Founderspace. And Founderspace is a startup accelerator. So we work with entrepreneurs and take their business to the next level. We also invest in entrepreneurs. That is our mission. So we invest money, we invest time, 
and we invest our hearts into the entrepreneurs we work with. And then we expand. So we expanded globally. We started in Silicon Valley in San Francisco, and now we work all over the world. We have 50 partners all over in 22 countries. Yeah. We have incubators abroad. We also just work with different governments all over the world. And our mission, our real mission is to help entrepreneurs, to help them get to the next level, help them like you do, like really have perspective, have priorities in their life, take care of themselves and their families first. And on top of that, build a great business, build a lasting business, not one where you just cash out quickly, you know, these businesses where you're just trying to get people's money and cash out, but where you're really building a business that matters to the people who work for the business, matters to the world and contribute something. That's a wonderful mission to get. That's a wonderful purpose. I'm a purpose-driven person. And, and with a purpose like that, it's hard not to get it to bed, is it, Steve? So for me, it's fun. Like, yes, this is I my can, dream job. You yes. know, I did entrepreneurship. It was amazing. Now I'm kind of helping all these other entrepreneurs and living uh, with them through their journeys. And, you know, I put a lot of this, I'm also an author. So I wrote uh, several books and one of them is Surviving a Startup, which is like literally everything I've learned about from my own experiences and from all these entrepreneurs I work with every year, you know, how do you survive a startup? How do you get over that hump, that huge challenge? And then the other book, which you alluded to, was Make Elephants Fly. And that is about the elephant is your big dream, your vision, like what it seems impossible, like nobody can make an elephant fly. But as an entrepreneur, you have to make your elephant fly. Everybody's going to tell you it's impossible to have that happen, but you have to believe it can happen and you have to have a path. And how do you get there? How do you take that dream and make it fly? How do you deal with entrepreneurs who can't make elephants fly? And often, as we know, as entrepreneurs, many elephants are going to fall before the first one flies. So how do you deal with catching those entrepreneurs that are falling in your arms all the time? So there's two ways, right? Yeah. There are two type, two basic types of entrepreneurs. One, some who are born to be entrepreneurs, others who were not meant to be entrepreneurs oh. don't know it. Yes. And you know, there. we can use a sports analogy, right? You know, you could be so passionate about basketball. Why should they like so into basketball? You love it, but you are very short. You are not physically built for basketball. And no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be a great basketball player. So a lot of what I do when I work with entrepreneurs in our accelerator is I try to see them as a whole person, right? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Fortunately, in business, you don't have to be good at everything. In fact, you know, as a CEO and a founder, you only have to be good at certain things. Because your main job is to bring aboard people who are great in all the things that you're weak in and even bring aboard people who are great at what you're great at because you simply don't have time. You're going to be the leader of that business. But there are some people who are really not born leaders. They are not designed to be an entrepreneur because of a variety of reasons. Like some people are just much more focused on the details. They would be better off as a writer or a, a scientist in a lab or a librarian or something like that. They're not cut out to be. Some people can't handle the stress. They literally fall apart when they're under too much stress. Some people are in the middle, most people, right? Most people have traits that they could become a great entrepreneur with coaching, maybe a great entrepreneur. And then there are those who are just born to be entrepreneurs. So we tend to, people who aren't cut out, physically, mentally, whatever way, they just aren't cut out for entrepreneurship. Those people, I like to tell them, look, join a startup. Don't be the entrepreneur. You're an engineer. 
Focus on what yes. you're good at. You're passionate about doing this, but you are not a business person. You don't see this. It's not in your blood. You're not going to be going out there selling your vision. This isn't, you need somebody else to be the CEO for this company. And, you, and then you can ride that, you know, that rocket ship, but only if you get the right people on board in the right positions. So I try to guide people in the direction that they need to go, even if it's something they don't want to hear. And that's the hard part because some people are very good at listening to external advice and act, and when it makes sense, acting upon it and other people just will block it out. And I learned you cannot change somebody who will not take advice. If they are not coachable, you can give them the advice, but at a certain point, you just have to let them go. And it, a lot of times that means letting them fail because that's what they're determined to do. They are not going to do it. And then other people, and I found this is true when you're a, a manager, a business leader, or like me, the head of Startup Accelerating, you need to put 90% of your time into the 10% of the best people you work with. Because there are people out there in the world who are amplifiers, and there are people out there who suck all your energy and give nothing back. And the amplifiers, these amazing top 10% of the, the people you know, and especially the top few percent, the more energy and time you invest in them, Boom, they exponentially give back more. They give back, you know, 10 times more, 100 times more, and their businesses explode. And then the other ones who are struggling, sometimes you feel like, you know, you run an accelerator. I'm a compassionate guy. I want to help the people struggling. But at a certain point, you, no matter how much time and energy you put into them, if they are like not equipped to do it, you're just, it just goes away. It goes to nothing. So you have to make hard choices. And like I make the hard choices. A part of what I do is say, where, if I'm going to invest my time, my money, everything else, where can I invest those that will get the greatest return for the people I'm investing in? And then I focus on that. One quality, one trait you look for in an entrepreneur that you invest in. One. One. So number one that they need to have is leadership ability. The ability to, and by leadership, I mean, not just motivating people. A lot of times we think the inspirational speech. Yeah, but that's not true leadership. True leadership is picking the ability to pick and get on board the right people and put, send them in the right direction. That is true leadership. You know, not, it, in fact, motivating isn't your job as a leader. Because if you pick the right people, yes. they will self-motivate. And you set up the structure for them to succeed, they will motivate them. Let go. And if they aren't motivating go. themselves, they aren't the right people in the first place and you failed as a leader. Yes. So your job as a leader is not to make inspirational speeches and buy them pizza and make them happy. Your job is to get people who want to succeed at what they're doing and put them in a position where they can do that. If you can do that as a leader, the, you know that's the number one quality that everything takes care of itself. Like everything else works. Is Elon Musk a good leader, Cap? You know, surprisingly, he is a good leader. He is a, I, I agree a with brilliant. You. I agree. I would say he is a brilliant self-promoter. And I think that you have to be that in today's world, don't you? Like you have to be, like I look at your branding, I look at someone prior to the show and Roland was like, hey, we're gonna get Cap Hoffman. And I kind of dug into who you were and got you know, researched myself. And I said to myself, man, you've done a wonderful job building your brand. And I congratulate you for that. I really do. Because self-promoting and building your brand, I kind of hate that with people, but it is what it is. You've done a spectacular job of it. Look at around you. Look at your branding around you. And your energy is your brand. 
isn't it? Our energy, you yes, too, yes, right? hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Like, yes. It's us and yes. our personalities. Yes. They come out. Yes, and so Elon is great at that. We have to admit, like yes. he's world class. He is also a very good leader. So there's one self promotion. That's one talent. Yes. You don't have to be a good business leader to be a good self promoter. <laughs> yes, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, great self promoters yes. who are terrible business people. Yes, yes, he, he happens to have both in spades, and that's why he's become so successful. But he's a good leader because he does exactly what I said. Like, he's not Mr. Nice Guy. He doesn't even really motivate his people, no. right? Oh. He's kind of like an egomaniac. I yes. mean, you wouldn't really consider him your friend if he's your boss. Yes. But he knows how to pick the right people and put them in a position and structure things so that they can achieve those goals. That's what he knows how to do. And he's very good at identifying what needs to be done and sending people in that direction. So, yes, he's a very good leader. 